Hi friends, welcome to the Truth Applied Podcast. My name is Rebecca Ann Perkins. I am a full-time Christian speaker, Bible teacher, and master life coach. This podcast has undergone a few name changes, but if you know me, you know my mission has not changed. For more than 10 years, I've been following the call to help you understand the truth, which means good biblical theology, and apply that truth to your everyday life. We use a bit of life coaching, a bit of counseling, real stories, deep vulnerability, to make truth move from your head to your heart, to make it impact your life. In this day and age where culture is pulling us in a thousand directions and giving us a thousand empty promises, where self-help and self-reliance and self-worship are on the rise, we are a community of women who know better. We know that Jesus is still the way, the truth, and the life. But life is hard, and we've got some lies we believe and some hurts we need to heal from. So that's what we're here to do. I am your place where every Monday you can bank on getting truth and really practical truth at that. Thank you so much for being here today. I love God. I love depth. I love you. Let's get to the episode. Hi, friends. If you're listening to this the day that it comes out, it is two weeks till Christmas. Two weeks till Christmas. So I want to say a big Merry Christmas to all of you. If I know you, if we've met in person, if I've coached with you, maybe you're in the Abundant Life Lab, maybe I just kind of am connected with you on Instagram. I don't know. But what I wouldn't give for all of us to, by some miracle, be able to like get together. <laughs> maybe someday that'll be part of the ministry, part of the vision. Uh, maybe there'll be a truth applied conference in the future or something. But I especially want to say hi to you if I've never met you. If you had a friend maybe who sent you this podcast, I'm a real person. I live in Meridian, Idaho. And I just want to you know, tell you Merry Christmas. And it's humbling to me that you would take time to listen to this podcast at all. But I do believe in the power of truth. And I'm just here to share God's truth with you to the best of my ability, to the way that I feel God has called me to do it. And therein to, I pray, create or lead Um, not really create, that's God's job, but to lead an army of his women that are just growing in maturity and in trust of him, growing in their own depth, in their own faith so that we can influence the world around us. Okay. So just thanks for being here. Love you. Hope I get to meet you in real life someday if we've never met. Okay. This week we're on part three of a three-part series called Knowing God's Love. The first one, I just gave you guys a quick rundown of the fruit that will be produced in your life when you know that God loves you, okay? Not just intellectually, but when you actually feel the love of the eternal one true God, how it will change you because it should, it will change you. And then last week, I gave you just eight characteristics of the probably infinite characteristics of God's love. And then today, this is the really practical part. God's love for you is perfect. It is true. It is real. It does exist. But yet many women don't feel it. They're still looking for love in quote unquote, all the wrong places. (laughs) Because it does require something on our part. And I'm just going to go over 
three things that it requires. There's a few more I could have added, but I'm going to keep it to the most basic and kind of profound and the ones that we all need to do all the time. Okay. Before we jump into that, I also want to say a real quick reminder. If you follow me on social media or you're on my email list, you've seen the announcement, the launch of Juniper, Juniper Mentoring. If you don't know what that is, click the link in the show notes. If you're at all interested in getting trained by me to do kind of the first level of the work that I do as a Christian life coach. So as a master Christian life coach, I have 10, almost 15 years of experience and a master's degree in thousands. I counted them up the other day, about 3,500 hours of working with people one-on-one. But I know there's a, a lot of women that are ready to um, do more, that, that are ready to serve. And to make that jump from feeling like I'm, I'm just a woman who receives or a woman who sits in Bible studies or... I'm just kind of an average Christian to a woman who feels ready to lead others. That's a that's a little bit of the heart behind Juniper mentoring. And my first cohort is going to start in January. The early bird deadline is December 23rd and it's already about half full. Like as I do this podcast right now it's about half full. So if you are at all interested in being trained to use your story, how to help, how to be with people, how to ask good questions, how to pour into them for their good and God's glory. And because you just feel like it's time to be using your gifts for the kingdom a little bit more. If you're at all interested in that, you need to click the link in the show notes. Even if you happen to be listening to this podcast a year or two from now, I am sure that that the cohorts will still be happening. There's so much interest in them and the Lord is really just confirming this direction in my spirit. So yeah. I mean, even if this isn't December, 2023, and you're listening to this podcast sometime in the future, still click on that link or go to my homepage and find out more about how you can be trained to be a professional Christian mentor. All right. Enough of that. Let's get to today's, the rest of the lesson. (laughs) The three things that are required for knowing, and by knowing, we do mean experiencing God's love. The first one which is, I'm going to read a little bit from this book in a second, but the first one, you guys, is probably one you don't want to hear and and one that we're not good at. And it is simply our time. To experience God's love means that we have to actually be alone with God. In this day and age, when... We're so just distracted and busy. I know that we are. For me to say that you have to spend time alone with God, for some of you, like, is a hard stop. For some of you, I just lost you. For some of you, you want to say, Rebecca, can't this lesson? I'm sitting here listening to a lesson. I'm doing something. Um, Why can't I just experience the love of God right here, right now? Or I go to church every Sunday. Can't I just experience the love of God right then and there? I don't have time. I don't have time to get up. I don't have time to stay up. I don't have time in the middle of the day to carve out to be on my own. Love is personal and it's heart level and it's a give and receive. And if you want to 
experience God's love for you, it's going to require time alone with him. It just is. We can feel God speak to us through church. We can feel God encourage us through things like worship music, or even if we're reading the scripture, but maybe, or like we're doing a Bible study with friends, but the Bible study feels maybe a little bit intellectual or like we're learning a lot. Um, but if you are not taking the time alone, driving in your car, closing a, your office door, putting your phone somewhere else, getting on your knees. If you're not drawing into the actual presence of God, like you are sovereign God, which means you're here with me. And as you are here with me, I am acknowledging your presence and I'm waiting on your Holy spirit uh, uh, to talk to me. You're not going to feel it. You're going to be living a whole life. That's in your head and in your schedule and not in your heart and make no mistake about it. You guys love is a feeling like it is heart level. <laughs> it is. That brings me to my second point, which is that knowing God's love requires our heart. It requires our heart. There is a, a phrase that sometimes gets used. And unfortunately it mostly gets used in churches, which makes me sad. Um, but the phrase is that love is not a feeling. It's a choice. How many of you guys have heard that phrase? How many of you guys maybe even grow up, grew up hearing that phrase? Love isn't a feeling. It's a choice. And I get the well-meaning intention of that phrase. The The well-meaning intention is like, usually it's used for marriage. Um, when you're not feeling that initial romantic high, that love is a, a commitment and that you stay and that you still treat that person with kindness and that you push through until the feelings return. That is true. Um, love is actually on a certain level, a covenant as well. God's love with us is a covenant. That's why it's uninfluenced. And that's why it's sovereign and all those other solid things that I just told you. And, and that is the relationship that he desires for us in um, marriage as well. Those types of covenant, like even when you're not feeling it, or even when the other person doesn't necessarily deserve it, love is a choice. Okay. So we get that, but make no mistake, you guys, Love is a feeling as well. Love is a feeling as well. And God feels love towards you. And we should feel, we can feel, most of us at different times in our life have felt love for God. So I'm going to read you guys really quick from this wonderful book, um, some a passage about what's called the lost life of the heart. And the author here, this book is called The Sacred Romance. It's 20, almost 30 years old now, probably, uh, by Brent Curtis and John Eldridge. I read it when I was about 19 and, um, it really opened up my eyes to kind of the idea that the greatest romance that we're involved in the greatest love of our heart and the greatest lover of our soul that we will ever experience is our relationship with God. It is not human. Okay. I'm a bit of a hopeless romantic. So even back then when I was, you know, 19, um, I loved love and I loved the idea of falling in love and, um, love, you know, romantic movies and all those things. And, and some of you fall into that category. And if you fall into that category, you might actually idolize romantic love or human love, but there's some of you, there are, are, um, real intellectual types out there 
who might actually just have kind of shut off the heart altogether. You're like a woman who's just a little bit more of a task oriented and a get it done. And I need to produce and I need to accomplish things. And I'm really good at um, kind of managing things or managing people or getting projects done. You tend to be more of a head centered person. Um, and, and for both of us, both all types of women, we need to get brought back into this place. That's like your heart matters, <laughs> like our heart God gave us our heart and our feelings and the ability to love for a reason. Makes us feel alive, makes us human. God wants to love us. It pleases him that we feel his love, receive his love, love other people. Like love is central. It is the point really of the gospel. So let me read this. For above all else, the Christian Life is a love affair of the heart. It cannot be lived primarily as a set of principles or ethics. It cannot be managed with steps or programs. It cannot be lived exclusively as a moral code leading to righteousness. In response to a religious expert who asked him, what must we do to obtain real life? Let me just pause on that real quick. Life. Some of you are living, I'm just going to leave it at that. Some of you are living and you know you're living, you know you're alive. Some of you are going through the motions, even with God, with your family, with your business, with your anything, you name it. You, you might just feel like you're going through the motions. Not only does faith, but life requires our heart. Friends, it requires our heart. When this man asked Jesus, what, what must we do to obtain real life? Jesus asked a question in return. And this is all found in Luke 10, by the way, verses 26 through 28. What is written in the law? What, how do you read it? The man answered, love the Lord your God with all of your heart, with all of your soul and with all of your strength and with all of your mind and love your neighbor as yourself. You have answered correctly, Jesus replied. Do this and you will live. The truth of the gospel is intended to free us to love God and others with our whole heart. Are you hearing what I'm saying? The gospel is not intended to make us really good people. The gospel is not intended to make us really obedient people. The gospel is not intended to take a bunch of dirty sinners and make them a bunch of perfect religious Christians. The truth of the gospel is intended to set us free. As Jesus's righteousness is given to us as a free gift, we are now set free to just love God and people because the performance and the rules and the regulation of the Old Testament and the you guys have to earn it was done away with on the cross. The truth of the gospel was intended to free us to love God and others with our whole heart. When we ignore the heart aspect of faith and try to live out our religion solely as correct doctrine or ethics, our passion is crippled or perverted. And the divorce of our soul from the heart purposes of God towards us is deepened. 
the religious of Jesus's day confronted him with what they believed were the standards of life pleasing to God. The eternal life, they argued, the life of ought and duty and service was what was was what mattered. And you're dead wrong, Jesus said in Matthew 23, 25 through 28. In fact, you're just plain dead. He called them whitewashed tombs. Throughout the Old and the New Testament, the life of the heart is clearly God's central concern. When the people of Israel fell into totally external life of ritual and observance, God lamented. These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. That verse is found in Isaiah 29, 13. These people, they honor me with their lips, but their hearts are far from me. Let me say that in a way that might hit a little harder. This woman, she honors me with her lips, but her heart is far from me. If you want to begin to, or find it again, some of you maybe have never gone this heart level with God. Some of you lost it because you got too busy. <laughs> but ladies, if we want to feel the love of God poured out into our spirit and into our hearts in a way that has all those beautiful effects and produces all that beautiful fruit in our life. We have to take the time to spend with him and we have to bring our whole heart to the table. Our whole heart to the table is scary for some of us, I know. Our whole heart is our sadness, our fear, our anger, our grief, our desires, our hopes, our questions to him, our sin. For some of you, you've, it's been so long since you've even named what's in your heart or like tapped into what's in your heart that you're like, I don't even know how to do that. For others of you, you know, and you've just been burying it and you're afraid to take the lid off of it. And you're just, you think if I open up what's in there, it's never going to stop or it's too dangerous or the thoughts are too scary or my questions or my feelings are too, they're just not safe. All I can do, my friend, is tell you that if that's your approach with God, you're not going to feel his love and you're missing out on him coming in there and offering to you comfort, wisdom, guidance, grace, forgiveness, help, power, because all those areas in your life that you're maybe sweeping under the rug or that you think are too scary or too ugly to bring to him, that's where we get loved. That's where you get him. That's where you get to experience him sustaining you, being faithful to you, healing you. It doesn't happen anywhere else. It doesn't even happen by me sitting here telling you about it. It doesn't happen by you listening to Christian music. It happens by you getting alone with God and bringing him your heart. I love the whole book of Psalms for this reason. Um, the book of Psalms is filled with heart level, um, praise, anger, questions. Why have you forsaken me? And in fact, the whole Bible is. Um, I often talk to my coaching clients about this, but like the whole Bible is filled with really real human beings being really real with a really real God. <laughs> That was a lot, but 
you know, there, there are deep questions that happen in the old Testament and people saying, I can't do that. Or people saying I'm alone. I'm the last one. Just take my life. Um, then we have Psalm and we have in the new Testament, like humans who are just being human with God. Like when's the last time you did that? Pause. <laughs> I like to pause on these questions that I know, like it hit real life. What are you so afraid of? You think he's not going to answer you. You think he's going to be mad at you. What What are you so afraid of that you aren't bringing your whole heart to God? You're afraid to admit your failures. You're afraid to admit your disappointments. Again, I mean, I mean, let's push in real deep and hard here. Maybe you're disappointed that like motherhood is a lot harder than you thought it would be, or that you don't feel like love towards your kids all the time. Maybe, um, I don't know. That's a, that's a deep one, but, and, and I bring that one up because there's other deep ones that we're just like afraid to admit or say out loud or bring to God. And yet those are the areas that God will get in there and he'll fix, correct. He'll pull out lies. He'll pull out idols for you. He'll infuse more grace or love or strength where you need it. But he doesn't do that without you asking. He doesn't do it without us asking. The third thing um, that is required of us, ladies, if we want to experience the love of God is surrender. You're like, okay, Rebecca, <laughs> you've just now listed three things that feel impossible for me. They're not impossible. They're not impossible. And this is where I usually chime in and say something like, if this feels impossible for you, get a small group, get a coach, get a counselor, a Christian one, get a one-on-one -on -one meeting with your director of women's ministry, get somebody to sit with you while you start to do this, while you start to venture into deeper places or my favorite get a journal okay like my whole heart you should see my stack of journals y'all um my whole heart has been poured out to the lord for decades in my journals where i just say it all um but knowing the love of god requires surrender not only the initial surrender of salvation which basically says you are god and i am not um you know the entry point into being made right with God, a, a love, re, a, a personal relationship with God, feeling I'm at peace with God is called salvation. It's a moment of a human saying, I can't earn it. Um, I'm not good enough. I've sinned against you, God. There was, there is a standard of right and wrong and I can't reach it. I can't meet it, but Jesus did it for me. And I'm going to accept that. I'm going to, I'm going to repent and ask for forgiveness. And I'm also going to receive this free gift of forgiveness and of Christ's righteousness. That's a real surrender. That's a real surrender of us wanting to be our own God of us wanting to earn it. Um, that's a real surrender of us being the Lord of our own life. But after that initial moment of surrender, we still have ongoing surrenders over and over and over in our life. They can be a surrender of idols, of anything that we love more than we love God, of our fears, 
of our desire to control things. When we pause, um, when I pause and I think about feeling God's love, not just in my own life, but like I'm, I'm for you, helping you feel God's love, really experience our God and his love for us. He wants that time with us, right? And he wants our whole heart. But when we get to that point, there will be moments where he says, and I want that. I want that thing that you think is going to satisfy you more than you think I am. I want that thing that you are terrified of. I want you to stop obsessing about it. I want that thing that you still feel guilty over. I want you to receive my grace and forgiveness for it. I don't know what he's going to tell you. I mean, that's between you and the Lord, right? But what I know is... God sees our heart and he is the only one who can search our heart. And he is the only one who can remove from us the things that are in the way of him. We're all sinners and we have a lot of hurts. We have a lot of fears. And a lot of those things prevent us from feeling his love fully. They prevent us from feeling rooted and grounded and safe and peaceful in God. And he wants to do that work for you. He can do that work for you when you give it time and you bring your whole heart and you say, search me. And when he starts to convict you of something, you just hand it over to him. Now, the Bible tells us that sin separates us from God, from the love of God. Um, sin ultimately before salvation separates us even for eternity, but after salvation, when we're actively living in sin, it can still make God feel distant. Um, and we have to repent, you know, to kind of like, okay, get back into this closeness with God. And so I'm throwing that one out there just really quickly as like a fourth one, because it's really important to say if you're actively knowingly kind of purposefully sinning, um, and maybe you've even justified it in a lot of ways, but God feels distant to you. You're going to have a hard time feeling his love. It's spiritually true. It's biblically true. Um, I would like to end with a quick story. Let me review my notes here really quick. Make sure I got everything in pretty much that I wanted to. Um, yeah. I think I did. And we're also running out of time. So <laughs> I remember one of the biggest surrenders in my life and there were many, but one of the biggest surrenders in my life happened at a event when I was working at Liberty university and I was on staff there. I was 27 years old. Um, really just had gone through another breakup. Um, just had had a friend actually who had taken their own life all of my friends were getting married. Some of my friends were even starting to have kids. I was really upset at God and I was really feeling like God didn't love me, didn't see me, didn't care about me. I was angry and I felt pretty self-righteous because I was like serving God and obeying God. And like, you're still ignoring me. Um, 
And yet there was this night, and to be honest, you guys, I don't even remember what the message was about or what music moved me. All I remember is the great weight of my own pride kind of settled on me and the fact that I, I didn't deserve anything and yet God loved me perfectly. Um, and that I could, it, it was wrong of me to equate what God would give me with his love for me. You know, I was like, you aren't giving me these things I want, which means you don't love me and, and see God loves me so much that he wasn't going to let me get away with that lie. He wasn't going to let me get away with that mindset or that worldview. He was going to root it out. And that is the night that he decided to root it out. And I went down at kind of an altar call situation and I bowed, (laughs) I got on my knees and cried. And there was probably hundreds of people up there, if I remember right, because these services sometimes had 10,000 people at them. It's a huge college. And, um, so I was at, you know, a, a service for those college students and, um, I was down there just, you know, when the spirit moves like that, you can't and shouldn't resist it repenting, um, humbly surrendering. And I remember saying, or I I really got asking me, Rebecca, if I never give you a husband or I never give you kids, is my love enough for you? Is my love enough for you? And I was so scared to say yes. Um, because I thought for sure, if I said yes, I'd be single forever. Um, I thought for sure if I said yes, I'd be alone forever. But in my heart of hearts, I knew that it was. My heart of hearts, I knew that the love of a perfect, almighty God was more satisfying and what my soul was made for more than human love. Our ultimate satisfaction, ladies, is found in the love of God, being loved by God. It's what we were made for. All other love is, it just flows out of that. And and it's enjoyable and it's a blessing. But, you know, when God did bring my husband along 10, 11 years after that, I was 38 when I met him and 39 when I got married. I didn't feel more loved because God finally gave me what I wanted. God had loved me every single day. He never abandoned me. He never forsook me. He was always there for me. He always poured his love out into my heart in ways that I can't describe. And and when earthly love came along, it's a blessing and and to this day i mean we're 2 years into marriage now um when you know my husband is not my ultimate source of love and i am not his ultimate source of love our love comes from our daily time and surrendered heart to god and then we're able to pour out into each other and the people around us 
I don't know what it is that struck you most today. And I don't know what it is that you needed to hear. And I don't know what it is that you need to surrender. I don't know what it is that you need to work on, but I'm going to read this verse just one more time here in Ephesians. And I pray that even right now, the Holy Spirit is wooing you and inviting you in and saying, my perfect love that you were created for that will satisfy you is free and it's available to you whoever you are in whatever scenario you find yourself in it's available to you right now but it requires you surrendering and giving some time and giving your heart and he will show up he's never not shown up Because the promise, you guys, was never that life would be easy. The promise was that God would never leave us or forsake us. And I will end with, so that Christ may dwell in your hearts through faith, that you, being rooted and grounded in love, may have the strength to comprehend with all the saints, what is the breadth and the length and the height and the depth and to know the love of Christ that surpasses all knowledge that you may be filled with the fullness of God. Friend, you listened all the way through to the end. (laughs) I know enough about podcasts to know that must mean that you liked it. If you did like it, can I just ask you really quick to do a favor? Rate or review this podcast. Maybe share it with a friend. Maybe text it to them or share it on social media. This content is blessing women and helping them grow. And ultimately, yes, we want to grow the show. We want to grow the community because we want to grow the kingdom of God. You can help us get truth out there by doing any of those things that I just mentioned. And also, don't forget to check the show notes. There'll be links to everything that we talked about in today's episode, as well as links to my website directly. If you're interested in Christian life coaching, you can book a free discovery call. If you're interested in having me speak at an event to your women, you can book a free networking call with me and we'll chat. All right, guys, I'll see you next Monday.